welcome to another episode of the Married to Jesus podcast. This is Laurel L. Boogie Markovich, yours truly. And I have a question for you gentlemen. Yeah, she's 25, 36, 42, whatever she is. But is she an 18 or a 22? And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, if you remember in a previous podcast, I alluded to Proverbs 18.22, which says, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. I like the King James Version. Whoever so findeth a wife findeth a good thing or great good. Or in the New Living Translation, findeth treasure and obtains favor from the Lord. And I said there is a revelation just in that scripture reference. Finding a wife, is she an 18 or a 22? Proverbs 18, 22. Guys, God is asking you, which one did you find? 18 or 22? <laughs> you know, Gentlemen, God created women, a woman, just for you. Man was not created for woman, but woman for man. That's 1 Corinthians 11 and 9. God created a woman just for you, guys. God made someone for you. Someone who would fit you, someone you could communicate with, someone to walk with you, to match your walk. Someone, God literally made someone to match you. God made someone just for you. And he does it when you're resting and walking with him like Adam was walking with with the Lord in the cool of the day. And then God put him to sleep because he was doing God's will. And trusting in God. And when Adam was working with the Lord and walking with the Lord and talking with the Lord, God made him a match. God made him a fit. Made him someone suitable, comparable for him. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. Woman was a gift from God to man. So when God wants to bless you, he he often if you're a single guy, he will bless you with a mate. So my question for you guys is are you righteous? Meaning have you accepted the eternal sacrifice for your sins? I mean, we're all we're all sinners until we're saved by grace. You don't get the saint status until you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He is Lord. He's Lord of all. But have you accepted what he's done for you so that God will never penalize you or hold your sins against you and that your eternal home can be heaven? And this question is important because John 3, 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son of God has eternal life, but whoever rejects Jesus, the Son of God, will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God actually 
remains on him. And we know this is true. We know this is true of of a sinner that has not accepted Christ. We know they're already condemned because the Savior and the light of the world has already come into the world. And men, mankind in general, tends to reject God's perfect goodness and perfect sacrifice and perfect love, which is found in only Jesus Christ our Lord. So why do I say... 18 and 22 proverbs 18 22 that there's there's revelation in the even the numerical um numbering of that scripture in proverbs well it starts with 18 and you have to know the significance of numbers in the bible why is 18 significant 18 let's look at revelation 3 uh 13 and 18 revelation 13 and 18 talks about why the number 18 is significant it says this calls for wisdom let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of man and his number is 666 okay what that's a lot okay and if you're not good with math if math wasn't your specialty you're like already lost but like i just said john 3 And 36 talks about life versus death and salvation versus eternal eternal damnation. 3-6. Well, that band should have taught you 3-6 is an evil number. And his number is 666. Revelation 13-18. The number of the beast, for it is the number of man. Well... Which one is which? Which one's a number of the beast and which one's a number of of man? The number of a man is six. That's from Genesis. On the sixth day, that's when God created man. The number of man is six. The number of the beast is six, six, six. To calculate the number of the beast, you have to calculate six plus six plus six. Revelation 13 and 18. 6 plus 6 plus 6 is 18. Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and ate and gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Isn't that um, interesting? Genesis 3, 6 is talking about the fall of mankind. When the devil, the Antichrist, succeeded the throne of this world, the principality, the prince of the air, when he took over the environment and the atmosphere of this world, and he did it through communication with the woman, and the woman brought down all of mankind with her, first her husband, and then every one of her descendants with her. So this is why 18 is significant. Proverbs 18 and 22. What did you find, O son of man, an 18 or a 22? Did you find a devil or did you find a 22? There is a number better than a 10. <laughs> there's, a, there's a better number than a dime out there, guys, if you're looking for a woman. And it's a 22. So next, let's talk about the 22. What does that number mean? Well, 22, as we have been taught, is the number of enlightenment. 
Two is the number of testimony. So two twos, um, double twos, uh, number of enlightenment. This is what we have been taught by our pastor. And honestly, Isaiah 22 and 22 talks about this 22 reference is basically opening and shutting of spiritual doors in a person's life. Doors that only God can open and only God can shut. This is 22. God made in Genesis 2 and 22 a woman. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. God made woman for the man, made him a match. And then the woman shows up in his life. So guys, did the Lord bring that woman into your life? Because when God wants to bless you, he he blesses you and sends a person to bless you. Whether it's a wife or a business partner or, you know, some sort of deal of some kind. He brings people into your life to bless you, to feed you. My goodness, my mother and this Thanksgiving we just had. When God wants to bless you. He he uses people to bless you. So you have to be discerning, gentlemen, men, women. Did the Lord bring that person into your life? Because when the devil wants to kill or destroy you, he also sends a person to tempt you into sin, to curse you. And God made woman, Genesis 2 and 22. And God said man and woman were good when he made them in Genesis 1 and 26 and 27. He said that all of man was made it up was made upright. But as the Bible says, we all like sheep have gone astray, each to our own way. I mean, how often do we run into sin and not wait on the Lord like you've been told to do? We all, like sheep, have gone astray. This is the verdict. God created man upright, but they have all gone in search of many schemes and sought out many devices. And again, John three nineteen. Oh, This is the verdict, folks. Light came into the world, but people loved darkness instead of the light, Jesus Christ. Because, why does the Bible say that they love darkness instead of light? Because their deeds were wicked. They were evil. And that's why they don't come into the light. That's why they don't accept Christ. That's why they don't stand in the glory of God and let it be seen as all things were done in God. Because their deeds were evil. And they don't want to be found out. There's a fear of punishment. But the believer should not have that fear of wrath should not have that fear of judgment and punishment. Why? Because Jesus Christ was punished for us. So God made man and woman upright. God made woman to be a blessing to man. But what does Genesis 2 2 and 18 say? (laughs) It's like God is just heavenly winking at us. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. It's like God knew. He knew what was going to happen. 
And that's why he had the redemption plan through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before it all went down in the garden, before uh, man fell. So guys, is she an 18 or is she a 22? Well, let's look at Genesis 3, 6 and see what happened when we basically see the first woman operating in a demonic way, in an evil way, through a demonic spirit. She was influenced by the devil. And when she saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate thereof and gave it to her husband. Now, the interesting thing about Genesis 3, 6 is that desirable to make one wise you have to look at the hebrew in a lot of old testament the language it's written in because that word for wisdom is the word sakal and sakal wisdom is the wisdom to prosper so she was tempted by the lust of the eyes to make herself prosperous and she did it in a way that was directly contrary to God's word desirable to make her wise not through God's wisdom but through demonic wisdom worldly wisdom she took of its fruit and ate thereof and gave it to the man that was with her and he ate wow so this is talking about 18 women now out there who are greedy, who are lovers of pleasure, lovers of sin, unforgiving, unwise, unkind, unholy. They're worldly women who live for, pre- for pleasure, who live for their own lust, who don't obey God, who don't believe in God. This is women who really are oftentimes using men to get wealthy. All they're chasing is money, money, money. They're money-minded. They love money. They're not submissive or obedient to their parents. They're out there on their own, trying to prosper on their own. Not God's way. Independent of God, they are trying to prosper. I'm not saying all these women are necessarily evil, but they're operating in worldly wisdom, which we know the wisdom of the world is is demonic. That's scriptural. The wisdom of the world is demonic, and there's a cost with it. The devil, the devil has a, a price that he that he charges for sin. So, her price was she lost her status. She gave it to the man who was with her, and the man fell too. They were rulers of this world, and they gave the keys. Again, Isaiah 22 and 22 talks about keys. They gave their keys of rulership to the devil when they disobeyed God and when they fell. And that's why there's evil in the world to this day. Their act was so significant that there was that there's still evil because of what Adam and Eve did. Wow. An 18 woman. You guys, if you hadn't spent time in Proverbs, you need to spend some time in Proverbs because 
Proverbs will tell you all about the seductress, the the loose woman, the immoral woman, the woman who is not faithful to her husband, the woman who, her name is Folly, basically. Her, she's a strange woman. Um, and, you know, gentlemen, God, God knows you. God knows what men are like. God's got your number, guys. Proverbs 23 and 27. A prostitute is a deep pit. And an adulteress is a narrow well. Meditate on that one. That'll bless you. You think God doesn't know what guys are really like? Oh yeah, she's a deep, deep pit. That prostitute. And that adulteress, oh yeah, she's a narrow, 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 narrow well. Very tight-fitting place, if you know a narrow well where you're supposed to get water from. Um, an adulteress, that's what she is. But her end is bitter as wormwood, poison, sharp as a two-edged sword. This is talking about pain right here. Man's never known pain until he's been hurt by a woman. That's a whole nother kind of pain. She can put a hurting on a man. If you hadn't experienced it, guys, listen. A woman can put a hurting on you like you never thought possible. For by the means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. So there's a lot of different things that this can mean if you meditate on this proverb, um, 6 and 26. And it's basically, you know, the, one of the ways that I interpreted it is that basically, you know, a prostitute, that price, she's going to cost you some bread, a loaf of bread. Um, you live a lifestyle of chasing women and going after women and using, you know, stepping into this path. It will bring you only to have a little bit of your own bread. But then it says that the adulteress, so a woman who's either unfaithful to her husband or trying to leave her husband, she'll, she wants your very life. So the prostitute's just looking for, you know, the whorish woman is just looking for a little fun. But the married woman, she's looking for your very life. Why? Because she doesn't want to be with her husband anymore. She wants to leave her husband for you, so she wants your life. 18. We're talking about the 18 woman here. The woman who's operating in demonic wisdom to succeed and to prosper on her own instead of trusting God to work on her behalf and change her situation. Maybe she just wants to use you to hurt her husband. But she wants your life. And she wants she's she's the kind of woman that will lead you to a bitter end. If you've not read about adultery and how wicked it is in God's sight, not just man's, but in God's sight, that man, when, when he finds out he's not going to spare in the day of vengeance, his anger will never be appeased. Oh, and anyone who commits adultery with this kind of woman lacks judgment and destroys himself. Because that man's not going to have any pity and he's not going to have any mercy. Yeah, that woman's going to say a lot of smooth things. 
Her mouth is going to be smoother than oil, dripping with honey. She's going to flatter you with her tongue. But she is strange. She is a strange woman. Now, 1822 is the comparison in the name of this podcast. I want to read to you guys. I spend a lot of time in the Hebrew text studying God's word. I don't read Hebrew. Um, I'm not sure if my mind will ever be able to comprehend that. Only, only God knows. But this, to me, confirmed the revelation that, the, that God gave me. Because it's talking about in Proverbs 18 and 22, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So when God, it's like God said, what did you find? Well, there, apparently... There is an old saying in the Talmud records, um, and this is, I'm going to read this from the Hebrew, and it's a saying that Jewish people would ask each other when um, a man took a wife, because, you know, a good wife, a good woman, other men looked at each other of, if you got a good woman, if you got a good wife, that you had favor with God, that God gave you a good one, that God blessed you with a good one. And that was a sign of your status before the Lord is who God gave you as a wife. Yeah. And that is so true. I mean, hello, if that wasn't true, marrying up wouldn't be a thing for either gender. Now, what what Jewish people, what this says is that in the Talmud records, um, that when a man took a wife for himself, people would ask him, Matzah or Motzeh? And this is the difference between who, who's found, him who's found a wife, finding a good thing, and him who's found a Motzeh, which is a woman more bitter than death. So did you find a good thing Or did you find something that in the end is going to kill you? Which, like I just alluded to, is an adulterous woman. Whether you're her first husband or her second husband, did you find someone who is going to absolutely destroy you and destroy your heart? Remember our last podcast, folks? The heart of that woman is going to be a man's home. So what did you find? An 18 or a 22 Matzah or Matzay? Did you find a good woman or a bitter woman? And this is confirmed in the comparison. So in the Hebrew text, it compares Proverbs 18 and 22 with the question of, of what did you find to Ecclesiastes 7 and conveniently, 26. There's seven days in creation. 26 is the, is the verse in Genesis where man was created. And Ecclesiastes 7 and 26 says, And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner trapped by her. Wow. You guys, this is, this is some deep stuff. 
literally man of God, Jewish people are asking one another, have you been pleasing to God that he's going to give you a good wife or is he going to give you someone so bitter that you're going to hate your life? Wow. Someone who is searching for the precious life. I mean, go ahead and read through Proverbs about, about uh, the strange woman. There's all kinds of things in there about her. I'm trying to train up you women, you ladies who are listening, to be a 22. To have the right kind of heart to not kill a man. To hate is to kill. And if she's bitter, she's filled with hatred. Honey, she's going to kill you eventually one way or the other. She's going to make you wish you weren't alive. Why? Because she's bitter. She's hateful. She's she's full of hate. Death, the grave is never satisfied, folks. That's scripture. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Yes. You can be changed. You can be renewed, ladies. Your heart and your mind can be renewed. You can be forgiven. And you can have all that anger and bitterness and vengeance and, and whatever it is that's causing you to be fearful and, and hateful, you can have that removed. God can do that for you. But God is here dealing with men. He's asking man, which one did you find? What did God bless you with? Because the Jewish people know that what kind of wife God gave you is an indication of what kind of man you are. If that was not true, gentlemen... Proverbs 22 and 14. Okay, here's some, here's some more num, num, numerology for you, biblical numerology. 22, enlightenment, open doors, closed doors, 14, 7, doubled, right? The perfect judgment of light, perfect and complete judgment of God, opening and closing of spiritual doors, Proverbs 22.14, I was just me interpreting the number of 22.14 for this proverb. The Proverbs 22 and 14 says, The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He who the Lord is angry with, so that's under the wrath of God, or is cursed of the Lord, will fall into it. So God will actually allow people to come across your path and you fall in that pit if your life is not pleasing to God. This is talking about the sinners. This is talking about people who are abusing other people. This is talking about men who who have had their way with numerous women. Oh, and one day, oh, one day, they all meet Delilah. They all meet their match. She wears him down of strength, seeking his precious life. This is serious stuff, guys. Is your life pleasing to the Lord? Are you walking with God? You want a 22, but does God think you're worthy of a 22? Does God think you deserve a 22? And some of y'all are like, I'll just take a dime. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. That's all I need. I just want a good looking woman. <laughs> God knows what you want. God knows 
what you need. God knows how to bless you. But God also knows how to deal with you if you are disrespecting his creatures, his creation. Many a man has fallen at the hands of a woman, not just Samson. Many men. So, let's talk about the 22. <laughs> like, this is a heavy, this is some heavy stuff on this podcast. So, uh, on this episode. So, let's, um, let's talk about the 22. Because just like a woman can make you regret the day you were born. A 22, that, that's the 18 woman. A 22 woman, she can actually save your life. If this were not true, God would not tell those women who got unequally yoked and married a man for his money or his position or his fame or whatever it was she was after. It could have just been his his devilish good looks. No, no that's, that's um, I probably shouldn't have said that, but hey, men can be very good looking. <laughs> um, what what uh, the Bible tells us in the New Testament is that, you know, if you got unequally yoked for whatever reason, maybe you weren't saved then and now you are. For whatever reason, the Bible actually tells women who are married to unbelievers, if he's willing to stay with you, even though you're a believer and live with you, not to leave him, not to divorce him. And God actually questions you and says, you don't know. How do you not know that your good conduct, your purity, your love won't actually save him? A wife of noble character is her husband's crown. Literally, she can crown a man with life and the glory of God can be restored to that man because she might save his soul through her moral and upright conduct. Why? Because she's a believer and she's praying for him. She's not judging him. She sees past his sins, past his flaws, and that he is a man who needs Jesus just like everybody else. She's not condemning him calling him a demon, correcting him all the time, shaming him and dishonoring him, telling him he needs to be saved, that is not going to win a man to the Lord. You think a man's going to have a good opinion of God if his woman's hateful and mean and ugly to him? No. Why don't you just be the 22 and be a blessing in his life and pray that God would save his soul? God can do anything. Don't shame him. That's like causing his bones to rot. Again, 18, death. Houses and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife, that's a wise woman or a sensible woman, is from the Lord. Well, there's not a lot of sensible people right now in this world. They're selfish. They're self-absorbed. They're vain. They, they lack all sense. So if you want God to give you a prudent wife, I would start by asking him for one. Because the Bible asks you guys, who can find her? Where is she at? Where is this noble character at in these women? <laughs> or, they, or are they not loyal? Is that the struggle? Because she's supposed to be far more precious than rubies. 
Yeah, of course, a gem, a treasure. Yes, she's a gem. She's a treasure. Yes, she can even bring more wealth and health into your life because she will take care of you and she will help and give you more wisdom and give you counsel and all of those things. But the greatest blessing a woman can bring into your life, if you don't have it, is literally eternal life. It's life itself. Not only your own life, but then others by giving you children. A prudent wife is from the Lord. I mean, if you don't have a prudent wife, you better start praying she gets some wisdom because you're about to have some babies with her and you're about to multiply the <laughs> imprudence in the house. She needs wisdom if she is going to be far more precious than even money. She needs a heart of gold. That's what a 22 is. Guys, I've said this before. I hope you follow me on IG. I am she married to Jesus on IG. What does her heart look like? The heart of a woman is the only part of her body that will kill you. Is she loving? Is she kind? Is she gracious? Is she forgiving? Or is she exceedingly wicked? Bitter as wormwood. Her heart is a snare and net. Her hands are fetters. Okay, a woman's heart, Ecclesiastes 7.26. We're going back to this. Her heart, is it pure towards you? Some of that, if y'all just started dating, you need to check in the beginning. But if y'all have been married a while, you might need to check what you sewed into her heart. Her heart, is it snares and nets? Is she setting up traps for you? I mean, is this not how so many movies end? That in the end, the wife betrays him. In the end, the wife turns him over to his enemies and kills him. Is this not like the plot of all plots that is so common in today's movies? All movies, probably of all time, even the plays. It happened with Delilah and Samson. Her heart was snares and nets. Her hands were on him, and she was just tying him up. But he who pleases God will escape her. Which means a guy who's discerning, wise, pleasing to the Lord, walking in his ways, close with the Lord, a man who consults God about everything, every person who walks and stands before a man of God. I mean, I'm a woman of God, and every person who stands and walks before me, I check his spirit. I can see spirits on people. I check that stuff, y'all. Why? Because I got the gift. Why not use it? If I use it, I'm only wise for myself. I'm just trying to protect me. This world is getting darker. Why not use it? If a man can do that, if he can check the hearts of people around him, he can actually escape a lot of pain. Why? Because you can see what their spirit is like before they ever showed you. And a woman of great discernment knows that stuff. There's a lot of people I knew her that, who they were before they showed me. Sometimes we're surprised by the, the magnitude of the act of what was done. But it doesn't mean we didn't already know. Something in us told us, right? How many times have you not followed your intuition and you knew that person was no good? You knew that person was going to do you wrong. Don't fall for the woman whose heart is snares and nets. I don't care how pretty she is. I don't care how good looking she is. I don't care how many sweet things she says to you. How, how good she makes you feel and talks you up and makes you feel like a big man. 
Man's tested by his praise. She might just be setting up a trap that you will fall into if God is not pleased with you. If God, if you're a righteous person though, if you're saved and covered by the blood of Jesus, you can escape that. God will deliver you. And ladies, if you're just setting a man up for the kill, to take all of his goods, to to use him and abuse him for what you can gain, if you're operating in that kind of worldly demonic wisdom, don't be surprised if God deals with you too. God doesn't like you disrespecting his creation just like he doesn't like you being disrespected. God's fair. Oh, he's fair and just. All right. So let's look at Proverbs 5, 5 and 18. (laughs) Proverbs 5 and 18 says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. So interestingly enough, guys, the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs starts out, and you want to know in the first six, seven chapters, all that it's talking about talks about women, the immoral woman, seductress woman. That's what it's talking about. All in those first, I mean, like it's a theme throughout the very first chapters of, of the book of wisdom. So it must be important because her end is bitter as death. Her None who go into her return. Her, path, her paths lead to Sheol. She will bring your soul. She will vex your soul. That hateful, evil woman will vex your soul. That bitter woman to where you wish you were dead. She's, she's so miserable to live with. That's, that's some real stuff. I hope that doesn't happen to you. I hope you find a 22. Proverbs 5 and 18 says to rejoice. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. And it goes on 19. I'll keep reading. As a loving deer and a graceful doe. So here we go. God is saying stick with your wife. Your young wife that he gave you. The one he gave you. Let her be your fountain of, of love. You know fountain Everything flows out of her mouth. It's coming from her heart. So he's saying, warning here about adultery. Let her breast satisfy you at all times. This is your wife. And always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and God ponders all the man's paths. And here it is, 5 and 22. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his own sin. Now that's another theme of, of all the Proverbs when it starts out, is a warning against sin. Not because because God's mean and cruel and withholding something from you. That's the original temptation in the garden. That God was withholding something from you. No, God tells you sin will kill you. These girls are smart. Two stacks. Play your part. I mean, sin 
is always going to destroy because the wages of sin is death. God warns against that just like he warns against the immoral woman. His own iniquities entrap a wicked person. He's caught in the cords of his own sin. 22, here we're talking about closed and open doors. The the paths of sin or righteousness that you choose to walk in as a person before the Lord actually do determine what spiritual doors the Lord will open for you in your life or close for you. And guys, you can ask God to close doors of adultery, close doors of pornography, close doors of addiction, close doors of strife. You can ask God to close doors. And God says that when he closes a door, no man can open it. When he, when he shuts that door, nobody, no demon, no devil, no man, no woman can open the door that God shuts. Likewise, when God opens a door, a, a door of prosperity, a door of influence, a door of promotion, when God opens that door for you, ain't nobody fixing to shut that door. <laughs> God won't allow it. Again, this is the 22. When God gives you a wife, he can give you a wife that no one can take away. He can give you, girls, he can give you a man that no one can steal from you. But I'm just going to be real. You better be studying and seeking the Lord on what it's going to take. We're, we're, we think God's going to do everything, and he does like to do everything for us. But there's going to come a point where God's going to call you to action. And if you don't act, if you don't walk through that door, that's on you, bro. Doors are closing. There's a window of time and opportunity, and doors are closing. God, God knows who is going to walk through their destiny and who's not. God can do anything. God works within the free will of man. And man can choose to go his own way or can choose to go God's way. So, a 22 is definitely better than a 10. Uh, But it's certainly better than an 18. What's the moral of this story? Well... I don't know, maybe maybe the first time you find a girl, you find a devil. <laughs> and then your second wife is a 22. No, I, I don't know. I'm, th- I'm just telling jokes here. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, you find a devil with your wife, just like Adam did in the garden, and, and that's your in-laws. <laughs> you know, that's another terrible joke. So no, no harm done. I don't mean any harm by that. Um, just know that there is a difference. And that, that God can crown you with glory and honor. He can crown you with a good woman, a woman who has a heart of, of pure gold, a woman who really and truly wants no harm for her husband, even if he's not even saved, even if he's literally a sinner or a wicked man. She can devote herself to the Lord for God, not necessarily for him, but because she loves the Lord, because loving the Lord, walking with the Lord, ladies, getting yourself before the Lord and having him purify your heart by faith, God can then use you to save your hubby. You can save his life. Even if you married him for the wrong reasons, you can still be used as as a vessel, an instrument for God. And that's an eternal work that you would be doing for the Lord. Because you love the Lord. Because you understand that first, that man is God's child before he's your husband. He belongs to the Lord. 
And maybe that's why God put you together was so that it would save him. Maybe that's why, you know, that person crossed your path. You've grown and become more Christ-like and now God wants to save him. So I want to leave you ladies with, and, and gentlemen, I want to leave you with another verse that comes right after Proverbs 18 and 22. That's Proverbs 18 and, and 24. Because this, this woman stuff, this life partner stuff, who you choose as a mate and who God gives you favor with, you know, God can give you favor, but listen, guys, you ought to be chasing your woman. Don't just expect God to give her for you and you ain't even going to work for it. What a chump move. I mean, like, are you serious? Like, that's just disgusting to me. Like, like do something to, to earn your woman's love and trust and respect. It's earned, guys. It's absolutely earned. And ladies, notice it. Pay attention to it. Respect it. Give him kudos. If if he's trying to, to show off for you and he's doing all these things, you know, like men do, walk around puffing their chest out and, you know, showing you all their best moves and whatever they're doing. I don't know. Whatever these guys are doing to try to catch your attention and, and gain your affection. Ladies, for lack of a better word, don't piss on that. Don't do that. Don't spit on that. Don't be evil. There might be a time you wish you could have that man doing that for you. So in that season of your life, realize, first of all, that's the season of your life. That that man is trying to attain and woo you. I mean, if a man doesn't woo a woman, he shouldn't be surprised when she doesn't, she's not wooed by him. She's not in love with him. You didn't woo her. She don't love you. I mean, duh. Like, do y'all really not know how love works? Be a man and win your woman's affection. If you don't have your woman's affection, why do you think that is? You never won it. Guys, it has to be won. Win her love. And if God, if you, if God gives you that, if she is won over by you, well, that's, that, that's a sign that God has given you favor with that woman. He's given you favor with her and she's wise. She's discerning. She's checking him out. She's weighing all the different things about who he is, what his position is, what his status is, what does he look like? Um, and she's trying to make that decision for herself. And guys, that woman, based on who she is, she's your weapon. She can be a weapon for you in business, in the affairs of life, and the different things. You know, people are going to notice that guy a lot more because he's got an arm candy. Whereas before, he just looked like an, another guy, another Joe Schmo. He was a normal dude, just a guy out there, whoever he was. And now he's got arm candy. So now it's going to be like, who is this guy that he can get a girl like that? That's called favor from the Lord. People notice that. So eventually in marriage, motives of the heart will come out. That's why, I mean, when you're going to spend every waking hour and sleeping hour together, 
who you are on the inside, in your heart, and your heart towards that other person, whether or not you have the patience for them, whether or not you have the respect for them, and and the love, honestly, the love and respect, the adoration of just appreciating who they are as a person and a being, it's going to come out. How you really feel about a person is going to come out in the course of marriage. We're talking about a lifetime together. Hopefully you're growing closer and not further apart because these motives eventually, they, you know, even if they're not shown, guys, even if a woman doesn't show you this, they can be perceived. So that woman can be a warrior for you. She can be, you know, praying for you and going to war for you, but she can also be a weapon that even God himself uses against you if you, if your ways don't please the Lord. She may not always know that she's being used this way, but she certainly can be used of of God <laughs> to put a hurting on you if you've messed up. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to say it because it's true. We read about it already in Proverbs. So what does Proverbs 18 and 24 say? And this, y'all, this really blessed me because I had been like, I had always felt like something wasn't right when um, I read this verse. Because it's 18.24 says, A man who has um, friends must be friendly himself, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And there's other verses in here that talks about a brother is born for, for uh, adversity and but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And in 1824, I was just like, I just never, I've always felt very perturbed. And something didn't sit right in my spirit when I would read, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And actually, there's a reason that I always felt that. I think God was probably just leading me um, to, to read more deeply into this text. And it sort of, con- it confirms what I always sort of knew in my heart. Well, the Hebrew text clarifies this. The friend who sticks closer than a brother, that word friend is the, is the, like the modern English translation in our new Bibles. The Hebrew text says a lover sticks closer than a brother. Now, not only is that poetic, but we know that's true because we know chicks will be ride or die for their man no matter how bad he is, no matter how wicked he is. Chicks will straight ride or die for a guy. Um, hopefully he's not killing them because um, God will deal with him. But that is the meaning of that verse is that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother and that's a lover and that's someone who's born for adversity. I mean, how all this is again the movie plot and themes of all movies is that Two are, are better than one. That they are fighting against the world together. They are fighting for, for their place in this life together because they're one. That is exactly who sticks closer than a brother. Is the lover. The one who loves his soul. Yes, Jesus Christ, the divine lover. But more importantly, his wife. His woman. His woman is going to stick closer to him than his his friends and his brothers. We know this is true because God tells the woman, the man to cling to his woman. If he will cling to the woman, he will cling to that uh, that wife that God has given him. A lot of times that will actually rescue him and save him. 
So hopefully this has been enlightening for you all. I pray it's blessed you. I pray it's made you really think about and consider your walk with the Lord. You know, you're, you, the Lord watches. He knows all the paths of a person. So I'm asking you, do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you accepted what he did at the cross for you? Your sins can be completely forgiven. You can have your sins washed away, never to be brought up again by a holy God. You can have eternal redemption through our Lord Jesus Christ. You will never perish. You can be born again, a rebirth as a new person. Your spirit no longer cut off from God. And if some of this stuff hit home for some of y'all, and, and, and we've talked about this before in previous podcasts about God dealing with man through, you know, eventually he's sleep around enough. God going to give him a baby mama. God going to put life in that belly and let that woman deal with him. Um, that life comes from God. God, God knows what you guys are like. And no matter what troubles and trials and tribulations happen in this world, I want you to know that God loves you. Romans 8 and 35, this is our closing scripture I'm going to leave with you guys. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the Bible also promises married couples trouble just because that's what's going to happen. You know, the, the devil hates unity. He hates fruitfulness. He hates man replenishing the earth because that was, used to be his, it used to be his domain. And now it's man's. So Romans 8 and 35 through 39 reminds us, no matter what trials and tribulations you've gone through, no matter what hardships or, or dealings or baby mama drama, no matter how many 18s you've had in your life, um, I want to remind you what God's word says about you. And, and that is that who, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Even that woman, that evil woman that you're dealing with cannot separate you from the love of Christ. And then the Bible asks us another question. Shall trial or tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, that's shame, peril or sword, that's even death. God says that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's Jesus Christ. And that Paul was persuaded that neither death, not even death itself, nor life, nor angels or principalities or powers, now we're talking about demonic forces in the world, nothing in this world, nothing present, nothing to come, nor height, nor depth. There we go. Depth, the deep pit, nothing Anything in all creation can separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. If your soul is soul is, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. If your soul is sore, if you have a sin sick soul, if you are weighted down by your sins, not even your sins can separate you. From the love of God, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, nothing you've ever done or ever will do or could ever do, no wrong, no folly, 
would ever separate you from God's love. Don't you know that Jesus is the perfect husband? That he seeks out his bride to save her and rescue her from any pit, from any disease, from any distress. He delights in saving his woman and his bride. Jesus delights in saving. He gave up everything for us. So nothing, not even trials, not even the difficulties of this life separate us from God's love. And certainly not an 18 and not even a 22. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. The difference between the 18 woman and the 22 woman is that the 22 woman will actually draw you closer to God. She may even save your eternal soul. Through her kindness, her gentleness, her love, her pure heart towards you. And then that just means, ladies, that you don't have any hidden agendas, snares and nets of the 18 woman. You have pure motives towards him. You know, your, your heart is on your sleeve. You told it like it was. You know, if you, if you loved him and you told him you loved him and he did what he did with that affection, well, that's on him. Next woman he gets might be an 18. (laughs) You know, God can deal with him. You forgive and move on. The 18 woman, the difference with her is she might drive you either away from God because she's going to probably pull you into sin. She's probably going to crush you. She's probably going to, you know, kill you with her bitter heart and her hatred. And she may never draw you near to God. She may actually make you hate God and even, you know, like Job's wife, try to curse God. She wants him to curse God. Because she's so full of, of pain and bitterness and hatred. Now that was a, I think that's a special scenario because we are talking about a righteous couple there when you talk about um, Job and his wife. But the point is made. Matzah, matzah. Which one are you, ladies? And guys, which one do you want the Lord to bless you with? You better start standing on, on Jesus' righteousness and not your own. We don't deserve anything good. Man, all of us, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've each gone our own way. But because of Jesus Christ, because of what he did for us, God accepts us and sees us as blameless and without sin. That doesn't even make any sense. Nobody treats us like that. Nobody treats us like that. They treat us how they think we deserve. They treat us based on how we behaved. But not God God sees the best in us, and that's exactly what a 22 will do. She sees the good in a man, even when he's not there yet. She helps him to be who God has called him to be. One way or the other, God's going to use that woman as a weapon. So guys, I pray you get a 22, because there is something better than a 10, and that's a 22. Until next time, God bless you. I am she, married to Jesus.